Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. Hey. Oh, man. Is, <laughs> it, is it finally getting kind of nice for you? Uh, yeah. I started jogging. I'm, I'm starting to go, like, work outside, you know, work out, run, stuff like that. So it's getting up into, like, the, you know, like, the 20s, <laughs> which I think in Fahrenheit is, like, 70s. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really It's nice. been kind of nice here, but, like, yesterday it was about 45 and raining all day so oh wow no it's really it's really nice here it did snow but not here i think like in the north it snowed a bit so i was i was super super shocked actually everyone was but no it's it's really nice i can't complain at all well i am just looking forward to it being an inferno because that's what it always turns into here yeah i'm not I'm not. I mean, the the worst thing, I guess, is that my allergies are starting to flare up because of all the, you know, pollen and whatnot. So I'm really not looking forward to that. And it's, it's the same every year. And every year my wife says I should get tested. And every year I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and Al- allergy tests are rough. Yeah. And I'm, I'm you just, know what they do? Yeah. They, they take like a little board with like different um, substances or different like, uh, plants and then they like poke your back and then they try to see like what you react to at least that's the version i've heard yep Um, and it's uh it only hurts a little bit but i mean obviously if you actually are allergic to those things your back is you just want to itch your back so bad but you can't move yeah or i know they do like um desensitize or something like that i think it's what it's called where they give you like small doses of what you're allergic to and you slowly build up like a resistance. So if you're allergic to like, I don't know, pine needles, then they'll give you like a small dose of that that you're supposed to like consume as like a tablet or a shot or a drink or whatever so that you build up like an immunity to that, basically, like a tolerance. But I don't know. It's, it's should... been a... Oh, good. No, go on, go on. I was going to say, it's been a bit since we talked. That, yeah. Uh... So I may not talk about this last time, but there was like a blizzard here. No, you didn't tell me that. I think it was bad. Really? I got really lucky and just happened to uh, take that day off just to have a, you know, just just to have a day off. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting some errands done, getting my taxes done. And it snowed well over a foot in a day. Did you build a snowman? No, (laughs) I... Like it was so, the snow was so high when I was driving to get my taxes done. My car was in the, like the hood of my car was hitting the snow and like piling snow up on my windshield. And I, it was a slow and steady and dangerous trip to the tax office. Oh, and, you know, keep in mind, we're in Montana. We don't close for much. Uh, When I was out and about briefly, I did see signs like close due to weather, close due to weather, close due to weather. The uh, tax office I went to had one person in it. 
Oh wow. It was that's, that's crazy. It was, yeah, that we had some uh just because of the wind in our yard with our fence, we had some drifts up to like three feet. Huh. No, was, we don't uh, get blizzard. We don't really get like extreme weather here. Um last year in January it snowed like real bad. And I was so happy because like you never get snow here. But the weather here is uh, unbelievably forgettable. I'll put it that way. <laughs> it's it's basically like in England. It, it just rains or, you know, it's, you don't come to Germany for the weather. You come for, you know, like the culture, <laughs> basically. Oh, yeah. Well, what, what would you say is a standout of the culture? Uh, beer. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into that, I'm not a, I'm not a beer aficionado, but people generally go to ireland or germany for like the beer and you know you you go to you go to ireland for you know the beer you go to germany for the beer you go to uh france for for wine you go to spain for dance you go to italy for like art and music you know so every 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 country has its own i guess cultural export or cultural hallmark if you will uh which i guess kind of segues into our topic which is culture <laughs> yes and before we dive too much into that i have a very pertinent question for you sure that i cannot believe i have not asked you yet. <laughs> shoot so they you always hear in media like oh you crazy americans drinking your beer cold what are you doing is 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 all european beer, beer really just room temperature uh I wouldn't say it's like I can't speak for all Europeans because it's a very broad swath of people. But for the most part, I would say Europeans aren't as picky. Like I have no problem drinking my beer warm. Um, like my wife, because she's German, obviously prefers it uh, being cold. But if it's warm, she'll drink it anyway. So I don't know if I actually care. Um, what is super American, though, and very weird is that you put ice and soda and they don't do that here <laughs> so you yeah just... if if you uh as a kid i would not ask for ice just because i wanted more soda yeah yeah that's how they get you <laughs> they put more ice and so you have less soda <laughs> and then and then i realized so if it's if it's not like a straw cup like if it's just like a glass and they put the straw and your straw just floats all the way to the top and like falls out yeah yeah dude i've had that a lot too no so like beer is like they like to have beer cold here but honestly if it's not cold i mean they don't really complain i've i've never heard someone complain about a cold beer um maybe the, maybe this is an english thing then yeah i mean i guess it really depends on the person but me like me personally i'm not a huge beer drinker but even if it's cold or sorry even if it's hot or I guess room temperature. I wouldn't drink hot beer. That's disgusting. But <laughs> well, you know, there's someone that does it. Yeah, I don't want to you know, offend anyone. Some, I'm sorry. <laughs> some beer somewhere in some culture where it's like, of course, you, you drink this warm. Yeah, okay. That you know what? I take that back because um in the in the winter they drink hot wine. So um what? yeah, yeah. And so it's um it's referred to in German as Glühwein, which is which glu means uh, like to glow. And wine means wine. So uh, it's uh, like hot wine that you drink in um, in the su- not in the summer, uh, in the winter, usually around like uh, Christmas. And it sounds really uh, disgusting and terrible. Yes, but I it ki- does. But I kid you not, it is 
it's really good and it's very sweet it's like um it's like a warm like it's like a like a really sweet like tea that has like light alcohol alcoholic taste to it so uh, but it's pure wine like it's it's actual wine but it's it's more like hot tea like that's the way i see it when i drink it so i really like i really like it and the first time i tried it it was it was, it was so gross. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound too bad that it's sweet. I, I feel like I'm such a wine baby mouth. Um, oh, it's good. I, I try, like, I've never found a red I liked. I can enjoy some sweeter whites, but uh, my beer palette is much better than my wine palette. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't want anyone thinking that I'm, like, a, I'm an alcohol expert. Like, I'm really not. Like, I'll drink, like, alcohol from, like, the cheapest, you know, like, supermarket. I don't really care. But... I don't well, really, sometimes, you know, sometimes it enhances the experience. Yeah. I mean, when, true. when I'm feeling, when I'm, when I'm like out and I'm trying to be like calorie conscious with my drinking, I'll drink a well whiskey with diet Coke. I'm like, let's just get all these terrible flavors together. Let's really, <laughs> let's, let's, syn- let's synergize. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, like talking about beer that also kind of leads into culture, which is the, I guess the whole point of this podcast is to talk about American culture, um, and specifically from the United States. I try to avoid the word American um, because I don't want to disregard people from like the Americas, but it's really hard because using the word United States as an adjective is very, I don't know, it's kind of stupid. It's very cumbersome. So United Statesian. Yeah, United Statesian. So I, I really avoid, I don't like saying American culture, um, but most people understand what you mean. But I guess to ask more like more like a direct question is, well, what is culture? Like, what would you say is culture like in general? See, that's, I, I feel like I have a bad answer. It's like, uh, uh, I can't remember. This was like a thing in the seventies and eighties. Uh-huh. A lot of the moral panics were happened. People were talking about pornography and stuff and like, Oh, how oh. do you define pornography? And they, it's some guy just said, Oh, you just know it when you see it yeah oh that's i feel like that's about the level of answer i'm about to give for culture like you know it's it's hard to put into words but i know it when i see it yeah i think that's like the that's a very typical answer uh is or the very typical phrase is you know it when you see it i i think everyone knows that my answer isn't really any better um it's more of culture is is not what what you are it's like what you do it's in the sense of like family where in I think culture is a collection of activities and collection of like tradition and identities that bring different people together under like one umbrella. And that's kind of like the way I see it. And so when you talk about culture, we typically talk about like music, we talk about language, we talk about maybe like tradition, religion. So people who belong to the same culture I would say have all these things in common, you know? So I guess if we talk about like Japanese culture, then we would say Japanese culture would be people who speak Japanese, maybe like Shintoism, um, maybe tea ceremonies, uh, speaking Japanese, uh, manga, anime, that those are all things that are exclusive more or less to people who live in Japan. But the the problem i guess i see a lot is people accuse americans so from the united states of not having a culture 
which I found is very odd. Um, why do you think that is? I, it, it's hard to say as someone who's, you know, lived here my whole life. There, there's definitely culture here. I've, I've traveled across the country a bit and I've definitely gotten culture shock going to <laughs> significantly different places before. Um, I, I'm wondering if it's one, you know, we're a melting pot of cultures and ethnicities. So we have, may, maybe it's like the kind of people who they think we're mixing all the colors. So we're not really getting a, we're just getting a mess, not a, not a real culture. Um, also, longer standing regions and, and countries have their culture more closely tied to their ethnicity. So, you know, the Spanish people and people of that ethnicity are all generally, they've been in that area for a very long time. They've all developed mm. the same culture together. And of course, they're of the same ethnicity for the most part. Uh, so that kind of lines up one-to-one -one with them. That's not really how it works here. It's more regional based. And of course you'll have, you'll have more ethnicity cultural pockets here. Mm -hmm. um, but that's more, you know, there's immigrant communities and places like, you know, Chinatowns and things like that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, once someone has been, I suppose if you want to use the term, uh, not Americanized, they've, uh, Assimilated? assimilated assimilated if they fully assimilated into the american culture it's more regional based and not at all ethnic ethnicity based so i think you bring up a couple of good points um so we would often talk about like like mexican culture uh, japanese culture um or we can even broaden it out and say like uh, south american culture or latin american culture because even though like Mexico and Colombia aren't like the same country, they have more in common with each other, I would assume, being somewhat naive, than like the US. So that Mexico and Colombia, because they have, for example, like they have the, a shared language, um, whereas like the US and Mexico don't, we don't have a shared language. So that's a cultural barrier. But you brought up a good point about assimilation, which reminds me of a quote by Teddy Roosevelt, which was a president a long time ago. And the quote is somewhat long, so please bear with me, um, but I think it's very interesting. <clears throat> and the quote goes as follows. In the first place, we should insist that if the immigrant who comes here in good faith, here being the US, becomes an American and assimilates himself to us, he shall be treated on, uh, he shall be treated on an exact equality with everyone else for it is an outrage to discriminate against any such man because of creed or birthplace or origin. But this is predicated upon the person's becoming in every facet an American and nothing but an American. There can be no divided allegiance here. Any man who says he is an American, but something else also isn't American at all. We have room for but one flag, the American flag. We have room for but one language here, and that is the English language. And we have room for but one sole loyalty, and that is the loyalty to the American people. Um, so the, I guess for the listeners, the language there is a bit complicated and outdated. But to make it very simple, what he's basically saying is that if you're willing to become an American, 
we will let you. But that's all you can be is an American. You can't be anything else. You can't be American and Canadian and then like Russian or like American and like Japanese. Theoretically, of course, it's possible. But like from like a cultural standpoint, the only culture that should pervase in in the U.S. is the American culture. Would, Would you agree with that sentiment to a certain extent? I mean, no. I mean, not that like we should not, um, maybe I should rephrase that and that was poor wording, not in the sense that that's the way it should be, but that's the way like a lot of people view it like in the US. Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. That is a uh, not an uncommon view. And I would just like to point out that, wow, that, uh, that quotes a roller coaster. It starts off so great. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then it ends up in, you best be speaking American. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it, it reminded when you said that it reminded me of that quote right away because the language is a bit outdated um because it's from like a hundred years ago but there are still a lot of people who feel that way which is amazing you know or it, interesting i wouldn't say it's amazing i would say it's, it's interesting that people still have this viewpoint that if you don't assimilate then you're not welcome which is not i'm not, I'm not saying that everyone in the u.s feels that way but it's 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 a it's not a small majority, I would say. Right, it, you know, I, and I understand it. So, you know, where I live, super not a diverse place at all. Very um, monotone culture, and ethnic <laughs> backgrounds. So when I travel, and I, you know, I get that travel culture shock. I'm like, wow, there is like all sorts of different people here, and some of them do not speak English. Oh my God, this Mexican restaurant has their, you know, the sign on the front of their door and it's all in Spanish. I can't read a word of it. Uh, am I going in there? I, I Maybe. So yeah, like, I get it. It's kind of, you want to be able to go everywhere and do everything in your own country. I get it. And you want to feel comfortable, but it's, you know, we don't have a national language. We just don't. Most people speak English, but there's no law saying everything has to be done in English. On a federal level, I believe, on a federal level, there is no um, there is no um, legal language. There's no official language of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the state of New Mexico has their constitution in English and Spanish. Yeah. But uh, I think it's but it's not like it's Mexican American Spanish. I believe I believe the Spanish variety they use is the variety that's spoken in the U.S., which is somewhat different than from like in Mexico. I mean, it's still Spanish though. Like I'm I'm splitting hairs, but <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Is that we don't really have like an official language. We don't have like an official culture, and I think it's kind of weird that people like kind of uh, dismiss like a uh, like german heritage or like uh, native american heritage or spanish heritage as being something like unimportant and that everyone should just assimilate um but i would say in that sense there isn't like an american identity in the sense that there's like a german identity or like an english identity because we're an assimilation of like or a I don't want to say like assimilation, but like a combination of like many different cultures. So I don't know. I, I think it's a weird quote 
um, or a weird sentiment in that sense. As for like there being one flag, I I do agree with that to to a certain extent. Um, I don't know how you can support like multiple loyalties. Um, um, for example, there was a, a prisoner swap a couple days ago between the U.S. and uh, Russia, and there was a marine. I think it was a former marine. And there was another guy who got left behind in Russia. And he was like, well, why did everyone leave him behind? And the guy's like 50. And he has four citizenships. He's an American citizen, a Canadian citizen. uh, I think he's a British citizen and something else. And I was like, how do you have four citizenships? Like, how does that even work? Like, you can't have that many loyalties. I I get at at most maybe two, but not four. (laughs) So I thought it was kind of absurd, but. I digress. Yeah, well, I guess that shows you the kind of person they'll send on a mission to Russia. I get. <laughs> how? I feel like you need to explain this a little more. How long was this guy a Russian prisoner? I think he's been. In, I think I can't remember the guy's name, but he's still been in in Russia. I think for fifty months, maybe. And the other guy that was released, he was a former Marine. I think he's in his early twenties, and the person still in Russia, I think, is in his 50s maybe or 40s and he's been there for like a couple of years so um yeah so they did a prisoner swap and they handed over some russian soldier and we got the marine soldier back so um but i think and in, in that respect there definitely is like an american culture there definitely is like an american identity um where like there's only one flag which is the american flag but i think in the context of like the US um, because being like a melting pot is like a catch 22 because on the one hand, you know, you have like all these cultures, but on the other hand, you're afraid that they, there might be spies, <laughs> which happens like in every war, like, Oh, if you know, we're afraid of the Germans in the U S cause we're fighting Germany or, Oh, we're afraid of the Japanese cause we're fighting the Japanese. It, it, and it happens all the time. Like you see it every year. Whenever the U.S. like gets in conflict with a certain country, they're always afraid of like their own population that like they're not loyal enough. You know what I mean? Well, it's even past that. Is uh, it? When, when COVID, yeah. Well, when COVID was, you know, really uh, hot here, um, people were afraid of basically because it came from China. People were afraid mm-hmm. and distrustful of all asian people basically oh that's right yeah people stopped going to chinese restaurants and stuff like that and which which is i don't want to say hilarious but every every chinese restaurant or asian restaurant in this area yeah that i've been to by far you can tell they're one from a note aside from a notable standout i can think of they're all very clean Everyone was wearing masks for a very long time. In fact, I, I know um, there's still a Chinese restaurant I go to in town that still requires masks. And that hasn't been required here for over a year. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, I saw that a lot here, too. Um with uh, people like being afraid of like Asians in general because of like the virus. And I, I think it was a good move of like, uh, of who the world health organization 
to like rebrand the name of the virus. Because I think at the very beginning we said like Wuhan or the China virus, and now it's just the coronavirus. So I don't even think of China anymore. When in all honesty, because like I I just got so used to saying Corona. But at yeah. the beginning, it was like, oh, the Chinese virus. But it's like, oh, no, it's not Chinese. Well, that was like a Trump thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a Trump thing. Um, it's it's a, it's about as bad as like the Spanish flu, because the Spanish flu wasn't actually from Spain. <laughs> um, I think it was from New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Or it started in like the U.S. Um, uh, but I, I can't remember exactly where, but you, you are right. Uh, the only reason it's the Spanish flu is because everyone else that got it was trying to hide it. Yeah. And Spain was like, hey guys, there's a bad thing here. What do we do? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it that's how it got started. But it, it's, it did come from Spain. Um, so that, that shows you the importance of language, you know, that like it the like the details, you know, the devil's in the details. So that 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 matters. Um but yeah, like that, like back to culture. So that's that's one of the things I find I actually love about the U.S. is that, like, you can become American. Like, would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, if like for example, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Nigger is uh, he well, he's from Austria, I believe, and what is he like eighty or something? He's I think he's in his seventies. Yeah, and he moved to the U.S. I think in in the seventies, actually, or in the eighties, to become like an actor and bodybuilder. And he spoke like no English, like at all, like zero. And he would watch television and have his friend translate for him. And uh, but like he's been in the U.S. so long, and he's been like in the public, like you know, the public eye uh, on the American conscience for like for decades. That I think a lot of people would say like he's American. Like he's Austrian American, but like he feels as American, you know, as like I don't know, like apple pie or uh, I don't know, like Obama to trigger some people. He's, he's super American. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, uh, he's probably. Let's see. Well, one, he's held public office. Yeah, that's true. Two, he's been in American longer than I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. For for same here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and like so. You wouldn't really look at him and say like, "Oh, he's Austrian." Um, you would just say like, "I oh, would he... say both." Oh well, yeah, that's true. But um, he he definitely has a very strong American identity. So it's not like you question. Maybe in his case, you might if you don't really like him. But like, you know, looking at it from like a cultural perspective, you would say he's become an American. He speaks the language. He's adopted the culture. He's adopted the values. As you said correctly, he he held public office in, wasn't it California in the early two thousands or something? Yep, he was the governor of California for how long? You know, uh, forty eight years, something like that. Oh wow, okay, that's uh, yeah, that's not too long, not too short, but like he became an American. So if you look at him, you don't necessarily associate him with like being like a foreigner, like he doesn't belong. So. Whereas if you go I, to like, you know, actually, I, go on. I kind of both. So I definitely okay. see him and I think, oh, that's a foreigner. But I think that's like a foreigner that's come here and is one of us. Yeah. Okay. That's like, what I mean. He's, he's an American that wasn't born here. I mean, you definitely, I, I don't know. And I think that's, I think that's absolutely a big part of the culture is like, oh, 
cool, you're not from here, but you're from here now. Yeah, that's I, I love your phrasing. That's very good. Um, and you said like, well, he's one of us, which is a it's which is a very interesting point. Is granted, he was born in Austria and he came to the U.S., so he's not like a, he's not native born. But I think even though you're not native born, I don't think it matters. I think what matters most to people from the U.S. Uh, so Americans is that you're that you're loyal to the cause, like you're loyal to the country and not necessarily like where you're from, like where you're from is important, but what's more important is where you are now. And that's the U S. Um, but I feel like that's a sentiment that isn't shared abroad, like in other countries. So like even here in Germany, like I can become, I can get citizenship, you know, I can become a German citizen, but you'll always be like an outsider. Like you'll, you'll never be German in that sense. You know what I mean? Like you can't become German the way you can become an American. Um, there's this like a funny antidote. So there is a, a German pop singer from the eighties. His name is uh, Dieter Bohlen. And he was on like the German version, I think of like uh, X factor or something. Um, I can't remember the, the American equivalent, but anyway, it's a talent show. And there is this little Vietnamese girl dancing on the stage. And she was like six. And when the show was over, uh, he was like, oh, that was so good. Like, where are you from? And he asked her, where are you from? And she's like, well, I'm, I'm from like the city next over. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, where are you actually from? And he's like, I'm, and, she's, and she's four and five. So she doesn't understand. And she's like, well, I'm from the city. It's like, really like just you know two miles away and and the girl didn't understand the question and her mom was in the audience and she's like well we're from vietnam <laughs> and the family was the parents were born in vietnam but the kid was born in germany so the kid only knows german culture so she speaks german she knows the german language but she was still viewed as like being an outsider granted it, she was asian and not European. So if she were for like a European country, maybe it would have been obvious. But you don't really get that that much in the US. So that's some of the things I, I really appreciate about like, you know, American culture. I I, I accidentally, so I did a reverse one of those um, a oh. few years back. Okay, shoot. We were doing, um, there was a fighting game tournament um, I participated in, uh, in Bozeman, Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, people are going to slaughter me. I always get mixed up Montana State University and University of Montana. Wait, it's I not the think, same thing? I That's mean, you should know, like, every state has two. That's hilarious. Just swap the words, and it it aggravates me to no end, and I think it makes me so mad I have a hard time remembering. I'm pretty sure Bozeman is Montana State, so on that campus we had um, uh, we had a tournament there, and it was actually, like, a pretty... I mean, for Montana, it was a pretty major deal. There was like stage and lights. And uh, there was this one guy, um, a Jamaican guy I mm -hmm. met there. Who I think he was just here studying and he was in the fighting game. So he's participating and hanging out. And people were kind of hopping on and off commentary. And because I ended up doing well at a game I didn't understand very well that was pretty new, uh, Mortal Kombat 10. They're like, yeah, man, hop on the commentary. Let's, because, you know, we're streaming the tournament. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> this Jamaican guy is on commentary with me and he's like eating some jerk chicken 
but we're commentary and i'm like oh where are you from he's like jamaica like no like where in the state are you from i was like oh and he was Uh like bozeman or helena or something but i'm like i was more worried like what part of the state are you repping right now oh (laughs) i just asked this super jamaican guy eating very jamaican food where he's from (laughs) super nice guy though he was um I think his name was Carl and he was, he was around here for a while. We'd see him at some events. Awesome guy. I, I, I love Jamaicans. I used to work with a couple um, like back in the day. Uh, they speak like a Jamaican Patois, like a Jamaican uh, dialect, which mm. like when they, it was weird because when they were talking to me, I understood like they would say things that were obviously foreign. Like instead of saying like three, they would say like tree. Um so stuff like that, I was like, oh, okay. But like for the most part, I understood them completely fine. But when they started talking to each other, I, I couldn't understand anything, like nothing at all. It sounded it sounded like English. It sounded like I should understand what they're saying, but I it was completely like it sounded like I don't want to say gibberish because that sounds negative, but it sounded completely foreign. So I don't know if you've ever heard like Jamaican patois though, but I, I have. Um I, I could definitely tell this this guy Carl he was uh you could tell he was trying to like be somewhere in the middle so you yeah so it was easier to understand it but even then I had to listen a little bit but you know more stereotypical Jamaican accents that I've heard I'm like wow that is I I I just have to you just got to focus and I imagine if they're you know if they're not in a piece of media meant for more people to consume and they're just like two Jamaican dudes having a conversation uh they're probably speaking really fast and yeah. not re- really worried about people understanding them because you know they're they're doing their own thing people they know what they're saying yeah i don't i can't understand it i don't i don't think most americans could understand it um it's still I, not as bad as some deep south yeah okay yeah i talk to people on the phone for a living i uh-huh. talk to people that are from all over the world and the hardest for me to understand is still deep deep south like uh I, like mm. fast talking deep south mm. like some of it's like some like nice uh nice southern lady and like that's easy <laughs> but i've like gotten a southern trucker on the phone and he's like I don't know, like it's like i'm talking to boomhauer <laughs> and oh, i, I cannot love that understand him <laughs> at all yeah isn't that king of the hill yeah yeah, that was, that was a King of the Hill reference for those who didn't get that. It's, it was a show based uh, on, oh, what was his name? Hank? Isn't his name Hank? Hank Hill, yep. Yeah, Hank Hill, and he's a guy who sells propane and propane accessories, and he's from <laughs> he's from Texas. Uh, I love that show. It's it's It aged pretty well. Yeah, it, it some parts of it did. So it's, it's, a, it's a very decent show. Um, I would recommend anyone to watch King of the Hill. Um, if you're if you're into like American culture or into like um, I guess American subculture because a lot of it is southern humor because it's all like really based in the south Um, honestly for the most part it feels very suburban humor yeah I guess that's true I think what I you're you're correct there I think what I meant is there's like a high focus on it being like in Texas so that is true I mean and that is very American like Texas loves Texas yeah yeah I think that yeah, because it's super high on itself. <laughs> yeah. 
I think every country has its version of Texas. So in Germany, it's Bavaria. So Bavaria has a very strong identity uh, because it was for the longest time its own country. Um, and wow, it's, it's, it's just Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's every country has their version of Texas. So in Spain, it's Catalonia. Uh, in Germany, it's Bavaria. Uh, I, I, in France, I can't remember. I think it would be Corsica would be the, the French version. Like there's in every country, there's some state that wants to break away. Every, every, I think every country, um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's normal. Um, I, but I think everyone, I think most Americans know what a Jamaican accent sounds like. I mean, I've heard it so many times. So especially because like Bob Marley, although I don't know how strong his accent was because I haven't listened to his music forever. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, well, and maybe, maybe this is me being isn't wouldn't you say it's much easier to understand people when they're singing yeah like ozzy osbourne so oh, accent, I was gonna... you can really understand him when he sings yeah like my dad used to listen to like ozzy like all the time and i swear for the longest time i thought the guy was american like i thought he was from like when he sang it sounded a bit off like it didn't sound like super familiar but i was like maybe he's from some part of the u.s that i've never heard of because you know i was really young I was like, maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's from like the West or something, but it sounded very familiar. And my dad was always like, yeah, you know, Ozzy, when he sings, you would swear the guy's from the US, but when he talks, like you'll understand anything. But back then I didn't have the internet, so I couldn't actually listen to an interview. And then I, I listened to him speak. I was like, God, I don't, <laughs> it's so hard to understand. It's so different. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's a whole other story though, of why people drift towards it, like, uh, uh, an American sounding accent when they sing. Um, I can't remember what it is. Uh, oh, wait. Yes, I do remember what it's called. It's called General American. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I legitimately almost said, I can't remember what it's called, but there's an accent they train like news anchors and stuff in so that yeah. everyone can understand you equally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, most... That was almost really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I think all news anchors in the US, they speak. They speak that way. Um, I used to have like the naive assumption that we kind of like all spoke the same way in the US, but like the more you mention to how many people, the more you talk about how many people you talk to from different parts of the US, it makes me realize like, yeah, there's still some parts in the US where you just don't, where people just don't understand each other because it's so different. Like, I think the most obvious accent would be like a Boston accent or like a New Yorker accent. So if you hear that, you're like, oh yeah, they're definitely... Like it's oh, definitely yeah, different. Hit you hard. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Whenever I hear that accent, I know what kind of conversation I'm into. <laughs> so my my work partner is from New Jersey. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. He, <laughs> he still has a little bit of the accent, but like, and he'll talk about like people on the East Coast are just they don't like having their time wasted. And they're just very direct. Like that's just we, how they are. Yeah, which I would say is. Uh, I, w I wouldn't say un-American because that's negative that has negative qualities but i would say most americans aren't actually direct i would say a lot of americans like to beat around the bush yeah um, which is why for us like especially for me when i'm talking to someone on the east coast who's very like like and i'm i feel like i'm a pretty straight to the point person but they're like way like they're very blunt about it 
Yeah, I, it's I, jarring. <laughs> I've become very blunt from my time living here. Um, I used to be very, you know, like indirect, beat around the bush, um, you know. But it's it's nice to just get get it over, get it done and over with, and just get to the point, which is um, one of the reasons that Germans are very direct. I wouldn't say that they're very efficient. A lot of people associate Germany with efficiency, and I think to a certain extent that is true. But I think the most important thing is just being direct. It's just saying what you want or what you mean. But it's not the same as being rude. I think people misunderstand that. I think being direct and being rude are two different things. But if you combine them, then it's like the perfect storm. (laughs) But uh, I would say that Americans are, for the most part, very polite, but also very indirect. Um, Especially if you're from like, certain like southern states with with like southern hospitality and all that fun jazz but that makes it even more jarring when those kind of people yeah like, start uh start getting riled up then you're like oh man i really messed up yeah definitely i made this southern old lady from georgia mad oh wow wait did you call her oh i mean just as an example oh okay, okay. i i have definitely talked to people I've definitely talked to people on the phone like, oh, this person's so nice. It's so polite. And then something goes wrong. And then it's just like a 180. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, that's def- that's definitely true. Is, Is there uh, anything else you wanted to cover on culture? Anything you feel like people need to know? Uh, America's the best. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that that is that's like a number that's number two on the list of American culture. It's we we're free is number one, and number two we're the best. Yeah, honestly, I, I you and I we say that as like you know as like just like joking, but I there are a lot of our you know fellow Americans who who absolutely believe that to the core. Um, Yep. So I'm I'm very liberal. I don't necessarily I don't think the US is the best. Um I don't think any place is the best. I do believe firmly that the US has a lot to offer. Not all the good, um, but it can never all be all good. But for the most part, I do think you know that the US does offer a lot of good. Um, but sometimes you know you, you step on toes, and that's very very unfortunate. But oh, you know, Here's something, you know what, if we want to sing America's praises for a minute. Okay, sure, um, shoot. I only know this because I'm told this, but you may okay. know better than me. Okay. That we are one of the, actually might be the best country in the world for disabled accessibility because the uh, American Disabled Act, ADA, mm-hmm. I might be getting the words wrong, but everything has to have wheelchair ramps and things like that. And the rest of the world's not like that, right? Oh, wow. Honestly, now that you mentioned that, I completely agree with you. When I go to the U.S., I mean, like here you have like parking spots for disabled people. But that's like the extent of it, really. Um, I don't know if I've ever really seen a ramp, to be honest. Like if you go to almost any major building in the U.S., it's usually accessible for for the disabled or people. I don't. I don't know what the politically correct term is, so forgive me for anyone who might be offended, but for people who are disabled, most buildings in the U.S. accommodate them, more or less, to a good degree, whereas, like, here in, like, Germany and from what I've seen, like, in France, not so much. Now, I'm not personally disabled in any any way, shape, or form, 
So it's really hard for me to like comment on that in any like um, qualitative way. But yeah, it's interesting that you point that out. I didn't honestly, I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, it's it's something that uh, we pushed really hard on. The only exceptions are one, personal homes, and two, if your building is old enough that it's grandfathered in. That's it. Everything, everything past a certain point going forward has to be uh, like wheelchair accessible and all that. That's super American, by the way, is, is just grandfathering in everything. That's <laughs> a very American thing. I feel like anyway. Um, I guess well, it, do, do you we have don't any... have much old things. We don't want to tear down the old stuff we have. <laughs> do you have anything you want to mention before we head out? Uh, no, I think we covered a good amount. Okay, yeah. I guess the last point I'll mention is like is grandfather for those who don't know is basically if you have what's like a very what's a very quaint way of saying it. Uh, the easiest way is like a cell phone contract because it's the easiest example. If you have a good cell phone contract and the company has like a new cell phone contract, basically like they have new rules. Um, they usually force the users to go to the new contract because it's better for the company. But most users don't want to actually leave their old contract because the conditions and terms are really good. So the company, being nice, will basically say like, you know what, you can keep your old contract, um, but if you ever leave the company and come back, you have to have the new contract. And so you get grandfathered in. And I feel like that happens all the time. Anyway, that, that, was the, that was the last point I wanted to mention. No, so that was a very interesting take on culture and American culture in a very nebulous sense, I want to say. Yeah. So anyway, that was it. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, take care. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.